This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California, Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop about research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared from our students, faculty, and other members of our USC community. Welcome back to the Turby Voices. This is Emily Powis, one of your co-hosts. I am a senior studying biomedical engineering. Um, unfortunately, you're missing my other co-host, Paul, today. He couldn't join us, but I do have another special guest. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, Elena? Yes, I can. Hello, everyone. My name is Elena Kiocha, and I'm a senior studying chemical engineering. I'm excited to be on the podcast today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on for this is your second feature, correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. And what are you bringing with us today? Today, I bring you guys Baxter the tie-dye robot. So I had the pleasure of interviewing three mechanical engineers, and they worked on a summer, pro- a summer project this past like summer in which they were able to code a robot that was able to like kind of aid the fashion industry. So it kind of combined fashion, technology, and engineering um, in which they were able to use a robot to kind of create different tie-dye patterns. Wow, that's super cool. I'm super excited. Um, Is there anything you want to highlight for your listeners to listen to before we get started? Yes, there is. So this project um, actually featured three women, Megana, Danielle, and Olivia. And um, two of them are seniors, or one of them is a junior. And it was kind of the first time they've done something like this. It was the first time that they were able to kind of um, work with a robot and code a robot. And so they all worked on it during the summer. Some of them had internships. So like, it was kind of using their free time to create this project, to create this um, this like amazing robot that they were able to use compliments of uh, Professor Gupta. Wow, who works- that's awesome. I know. Oh, okay. Well, without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Viterbi Voices podcast. Hi, my name is Elena Kiocha, and I am a senior here at USC studying chemical engineering with an emphasis in petroleum. And with me today, I have three lovely women that will be introducing themselves, where they're from, and their grades before we jump right into our podcast today. Um, hello, I'm Danielle. I'm a senior in mechanical engineering here at USC. Hi, I'm Megana. I'm a junior in mechanical engineering. Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm a senior in mechanical engineering. Great. And then with that, I just like ask you guys some just opening questions and just like jump right into it. So it's currently 2022. And I know that we had um, a couple of weeks of online school. So now that we've back, we've been back in school for two weeks in person, how has it been? Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, trying to adjust back to in person has been hard, though. It's actually much easier to go from online, uh, or to go from in person to online than it is to go from online to in person. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there are some aspects, though, that I prefer in person, like, for example, MechOps, 
Uh, we had one online lab this semester, and that was um, not as fun as in person, I will say. So yeah, super glad to be back in person in that aspect. Yeah, it's really great to be connecting with friends again in person um, and just getting back in the classroom. Great. And with that, so Danielle, Olivia, and Megana, um, you guys worked on a project last summer that features the intersectionality of robotics in the fashion industry. Specifically, you worked with a robot named Baxter. So would you like to expand upon that? Like, who is Baxter and what makes the project that you all three of you worked on so special? Um, so I guess I can start. So Baxter actually hadn't been used much prior to us coming to work in the lab. Um, so we pretty much had um, like a wide range of ideas. We could have done almost anything with him, um, but definitely getting adjusted to using um, to using him was a little bit hard without like the guidance. I'm sure Magna can expand on that. <laughs> Uh-huh. So um, basically, this was just like a summer research project. And our advisor, Dr. Gupta, he's great. Um, he challenged us to perform a task that has never been done before that involves like the manipulation of any compliant object. So by compliant, I mean like an object that's flexible or deformable, like a t-shirt. And so Baxter, as uh, Danny said, hasn't been used in the lab. And so Dr. Gupta thought this was like, you know, a good op- opportunity um, to have, you know, some undergraduates uh, gain exposure to like robotics in a nice way. Um, and I think it's good to mention that during COVID, um, before we were working with Baxter, there was another undergraduate group who was um, designing grippers for Baxter's arms, I guess. Um, and they kind of I would say um, influenced our direction on this because they were working on grippers specifically to handle fabric, which um, I think kind of pushes in the direction of, of manipulating fabrics. Okay. And then just for like our audience who might not be Mickey or who might not know was, it was Baxter a like pre-made robot that um, the mechanical engineering department just kind of had that you guys had access to working with and just kind of innovating what it could do. Yeah, I can actually talk more about exactly what Baxter is. Um, so Baxter is a bimanual manufacturing robot. Um, bimanual meaning he has two arms. Um, and what's special about Baxter compared to other manufacturing robots is that Baxter was meant to work alongside humans. And he also has somewhat of a humanoid design. This is why I'm saying he instead of it. <laughs> but um, he has two arms and a screen that can display different facial expressions. And um, his arms are actually compliant. So if you grab or like push his arms around, they aren't completely rigid and they give a little. Um, this is because um, its arms have like joints that use uh, what's called like series elastic actuators, meaning that um, there's like an elastic element, like a spring between the gearbox and the joint. And so Baxter also has a ton of sensors. So it recognizes um, his surroundings and he can act accordingly. So all of these um, combined make Baxter like um, a very safe robot to work alongside, um, which was perfect for us because we are complete beginners. Complete beginners are doing great work. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine being a beginner and just kind of like working with a robot or coding a robot to do something the way that you guys have. 
Um, just to, like kind of add upon that, you, you mentioned working using Baxter to work with fabrics, to work with just like the concept of tie dyeing. So I know that there was another group that kind of used the Baxter robot to make pancake art. So um, before landing on the topic of tie dye and just the fashion industry, what other ideas were you considering using this robot for? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon um so when we started off uh professor gupta had actually recommended that we look into uh, handling fabrics like for sheets um to remove the sheets from hospital beds um and kind of automate that process that i know is very repetitive um, so we were also kind of looking into maybe finding a way to remove sheets from hospital beds and other things that maybe could help during this era of COVID. Um, but we just weren't as interested in that as we were in this tie-dye project. I think also part of the decision um, was made because we were looking for something that would get people excited about kind of what we were working on. Um, not a whole lot of um, like little kids or something would be interested in hearing um, about an undergraduate group who's like, undoing uh, bed sheets, but the tie dyeing aspect kind of brought in some more excitement. Yeah, and adding on to that, um, we also wanted to go for tasks that were maybe um, repetitive or tedious. A lot of the fashion industry today um, it utilizes human labor to for perform all of these like repetitive tasks like folding and sewing and cutting. Um, so that's also kind of what led us to tie-dye um, since, you know, it's part, it's like a repetitive task, but it's also kind of, you know, a fun and creative process at the same time. Are you all tie-dye enthusiasts? Like, have you tie-dyed before? I know that personally I've tried to tie-dye and it always comes out not the best. So, like, did you use kind of your own personal experience with tie-dyeing to help, um, like, innovate this robot or just kind of figure out what you wanted the robot to do? I think it was kind of a combination of um, some past experience with tie-dyeing and then also just, like, videos online trying to get um, a pattern that we liked. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was something, I don't know, Magna might have not tie-dyed before this. I can't remember. I have she not. <laughs> yeah what like but I, I will say I have tie-dyed and I got way better shirts out of Baxter than I ever could do on my own so it was really cool we have so many um I know that Olivia and Magna both have some shirts also <laughs> maybe I might need to get a get a Baxter to help me learn how to tie-dye <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should have made you one honestly man it's rough out here trying to be creative um <laughs> So what appealed to you all about like the hands-on project? So 
Uh, have you had an opportunity in the past, maybe through classes, to kind of work on a project as hands-on as this one? Honestly, not really. This was, for me, with the combination of COVID and, like, just not being on campus, this was the first real hands-on project that I was, like, in the lab for, which was really exciting. Um, honestly, same here, um, especially because I'm a junior. Um, so a lot of, I didn't even have a full freshman year. It was just, um, uh, yeah, my fall semester freshman year and like half of spring semester. And then we were just online for all of sophomore year. So um, yeah, it was kind of hard to find any kind of hands-on experience in that regard. Yeah, we're definitely grateful for um, the USC Manufacturing Lab for allowing us to come in there and work because we wouldn't have really gotten that hands-on experience otherwise. That's good. And then I know um, Danielle and Olivia, you both are seniors. So how did this project kind of inform your post-grad plans? Is this the kind of work that you're looking to pursue in your career? Um, speaking for myself, I do... I at least um, was definitely inspired by um, making it a little bit easier to manufacture clothing. Um, so I am looking to go into uh, wearable tech, but I wouldn't say that I necessarily am using anything that um, I learned from this project, but it was just really cool to have something to put on my resume that has to do with uh, quickening the fabric process and handling. Yeah, likewise, I don't think that it's really something that um, is necessarily driving my career after USC, but it was a really awesome experience and um, something that I'm really grateful for. That's amazing. And Megana, like, I know that um, for this project, you kind of took on the role of learning how to code in Python. So how has this new skill kind of informed your career path or just kind of, kind of added like, more tools to your skill set? Yeah, going off of that. Um, so I haven't actually coded in anything in Python before. Like I have taken coding classes in the past. So, um, you know, through USC, I learned how to use MATLAB. And then in high school, I was actually, you know, I took AP Comp Sci and I learned how to use Java. But Python was completely new to me. And on, on top of Python, um, Baxter actually runs on a system called uh, Robot Operating System. And so I had to learn how to use basically all of that in like such a short time period. So some things I got out of that is that, you know, uh, confidence, I guess, is one because um, I actually was not even sure if I would be able to accomplish such a feat in such a short amount of time. Um, but I also learned that I'm uh, interested in the robotics industry now. So because robotics is such an interdisciplinary um, field, like it incorporates not only like mechy and design, but also computer science. So I think that's something um, I would love to get into in the future. <laughs> that's amazing. That's absolutely fantastic. And so like, so you had to learn kind of how to like, use Python and just use like the robotics operating system. So did you guys run into any kind of hindrance, any setbacks as you were programming Baxter to do what you wanted it to? Oh, for sure. <laughs> the biggest setback I would say um, was getting the uh, vision system to work. So Baxter actually has cameras on its arms. 
So um, to center Baxter's workspace, uh, we wanted the camera to detect like a small red marker on the center of the t-shirt and finding the location of that marker and getting Baxter's arm to consistently hit it every time was quite a big challenge. But eventually we worked out, we worked it out and we found that the camera was actually um, booing the t-shirt at a weird angle. And so once I like fixed the camera so that I was looking straight down at the t-shirt, uh, it, ended up, it ended up working, which was really great. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you kind of be, it sounds like, um you know, the technology that they use in like the movies where you kind of use the camera to allow the coding, like the background AI work to do its thing. That's something that was incorporated into Baxter to kind of get it to move where you want it to. Yeah, essentially. I wouldn't say it was necessarily AI, but um, the way it worked was that it would, um, so you'd take like an image, like a picture of the shirt with the red marker. And then you'd find like the coordinates of that marker, like the pixel coordinates. And then you'd use um, some math called like, um, to convert those pixel coordinates to Baxter's workspace coordinates. And then once you have those workspace coordinates, um, you know, you do something called like inverse kinematics mm -hmm. and then that will, you know, give you all the joint angles and um, wait, like how to move Baxter's arm to get to that position. I see. So it's working within Baxter's workspace, but not necessarily the size of the shirt. So like with a different, like a small shirt versus an extra large shirt, would that kind of throw off Baxter? Um... Not necessarily, as long as Baxter can identify the center of the t-shirt, which is mm -hmm. the part of the t-shirt we're concerned with. It should work for any shirt, theoretically. That's really cool. And so like with that, um, do you guys think that there's any way that kind of Baxter could get more use? So in the, like towards the beginning of our podcast, you spoke about how Baxter wasn't really getting that much use um, within this kind of space that you guys found him in. So is there other ways that Baxter could be incorporated into like maybe some more hands-on school projects or just group work or something that, that you guys kind of did? Yeah, definitely. Um, Baxter, I think he's being used actually this semester. Um, some students, sophomores or juniors definitely were using him to make pancakes or something. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of interest at the beginning of last semester, like the fall. Um, I don't know really what inspired that, but I attended some meetings at the beginning and there were like 15 kids interested in trying to do something with them. So do you think it's like easy to get to use Baxter? Because um, I'm also a senior, but I've never heard about, never heard about Baxter. So is he kind of um, sole, sole use for the aerospace and Mickey department? Definitely not. I mean, it's, he's at uh, the cam lab, right? So it's like any student can go in there. I believe even if you weren't engineering, you could walk in there and, um, you know, talk to Professor Gupta and see how you could help out and get some experience. Um, it's really there for just to allow students to, um, I don't know, get interested and get some hands-on experience. Yeah, and our project could have been expanded. Um, I know that we weren't able to make too many shirts, but if we had had another semester to keep working on this project, I mean, we could have brought Baxter to the football games and how to make shirts for people on the side or something. 
Um, there is a lot more that people can do with them. And I really hope that this podcast inspires some sort of interest because um, a lot of kids could pick it up very easily. Um, I, would, I shouldn't say easily, but you can with some effort. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Baxter is um, a pretty good introduction to, you know, robotics for at least undergrad students. Um, it is quite a steep learning curve for using ROS, but since ROS is so widely used to, com- uh, to control a bunch of other robots, I think it's like a great way to get introduced into the field of robotics. That's really cool. And then I just realized that I never asked you guys just kind of like where you met. So are you guys part of the same research group or maybe like the same club that kind of started to use Baxter? Like what brought on this project? Yeah. So actually I had been working with Dr. Gupta um, the previous semester. It was, I think, spring of 2021. Um, this was like online and it was, I was introduced to him through um, Viterbi's Center for Undergraduate Research. I think it's called uh, Curve. And so um, that uh, introduced me to Dr. Gupta. And then through that project, um, I actually wanted to continue working with him over the summer and working with um you know, manipulating compliant objects, but like a hands-on experience. So um, I reached out to him and then he basically formed this group. Yeah, I had a friend that worked um, at this at this lab, um, I think at the same time that Megna was working there last year. Um, and he introduced me to uh, Dr. Gupta and I reached out to looking for something to do this summer. And um, yeah, he just kind of put us all together, which was awesome. Yeah, I got lucky. I just happened to find these two girls in a group with me. I could not have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Would not have done it if I didn't know that that they were going to be doing this. It's it's awesome. It's amazing. I know that um, I watched a video, kind of a video about you guys' project about Baxter, just tie-dyeing these shirts, and it looked extremely cool. Now that you have this background, uh, I kind of touched upon this a little bit, but are you guys interested in pursuing any work related to coding or programming? Not necessarily robotics. So I know that you're all Mechie. Um, so I, um, I'm a Mechie now, but uh, I actually am going to uh, look into taking an iOS class after I graduated Stanford um, and go into something more on that path. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been kind of working, um, with like a dating app sort of thing. So I do find that to have a little bit more room for creativity than I do in hardware. Cause I mean, like you heard us talking about, like, it's hard, it's really hard to get, um, these like, like to get Baxter to just like do a good twist. I mean, that's impossible. You, the limitations with hardware are, aren't really there in software. I, I come to find. That's very true. I feel like software, you're kind of creating whatever you want. If you can think about it, you can kind of code it into reality, you know? Definitely. What about you, Olivia? Um, yeah, so I actually have a computer programming like specialization um, through USC here. So I'm definitely interested in looking into some jobs that would require um, me to code. Um, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's fun. I don't know. I'm just working with computers and especially when 
like in a project like this where you can really see results you know you have Baxter moving because it's something that you did um, it's really rewarding yeah I definitely agree with that um personally I can't see myself going into um say software engineering mm-hmm. I kind of like to see physical results of my code so whether that be through a robot moving or even like something completely different like coding a video game um, I think those are things I would be more interested in. In doing so, oh my gosh, that's really cool. Like the video game aspect. So you just kind of leaving your, well, you are also a junior, so you have like more time to kind of explore and figure out like what you want to kind of do. But you kind of want to see more of like the fruits of your labor within the coding. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd say I'm somebody who's motivated by physical results. Mm-hmm. So it's just really nice to have um, like a tangible product that I can see at the end of my hard work. You know, I feel that I have to do some coding within Kemi. And sometimes if I spend 16 hours coding and I can like run it and see it run fully and just kind of see the product, like the um, chemical plant that I created work, it gets me so excited. And I don't really like coding like that. But when it works, I'm, I'm extremely hyped. <laughs> So satisfying. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Okay, guys. So we're kind of getting to the end of our podcast. And with that, I just kind of want to know like what's next for you. So I know that um, Danielle and Olivia, you guys are seniors. You're graduating this year. Uh, what, what are you planning to just kind of do after the semester? And then Megana, same for you. Like, what do you plan to do after you finish off your junior year? I will let Olivia start that one. all right um yeah tough questions that you're asking with graduation in three months but um I think that my plan right now is to um hop into industry and get some work experience um and maybe like explore some new places um I'm definitely planning on coming back to school at some point whether that be at USC or elsewhere um definitely eager to to always learn more so that's kind of what my plan is yeah, and I, I mean, I just quit my job today, so I'm ready to learn. I'm not even kidding. Uh, <laughs> so I'm switching gears right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, um, I'm looking to make connected devices, and I'm taking a great class right now. For anyone listening, ITP 388, um, connected devices is a great capstone project for um, engineers, honestly, from any discipline. I know we have some EEs in there, some um comp side kids and then you've got me so uh it's definitely helping me figure out what I want to do after I graduate because lord knows that is the big question you know <laughs> don't let anything hold you back if you know what you want to do like you've quitting your job and just kind of exploring a new path is what feels right to you absolutely go for it yeah agreed what about you Megana? Um, yeah, so I'm actually this semester, I'm continuing uh, doing research in robotics with Dr. Gupta and his lab. Um, so, like, I'll just like, briefly explain the premise of my project, I'm trying to um, do conformal 3D printing with like a giant uh, robot arm, uh, to put it simply. And I think, um, in the future, I'm still not really sure what I want to do if I want to go into research or um, industry. But uh, for now, um, at least 
school-wise, I'm thinking of doing a PDP, um, also in mechanical engineering. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see. I'm also in PDP. Um, so I know I'm doing PDP in digital oil field technologies um, here at USC. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it turns out well. Well, I'm kind of like halfway through it, luckily, because I started it last semester and I've been taking classes this semester. But all I see here are three extremely smart women who know what they want to do and who are working towards their goals, which is absolutely amazing to see, especially in engineering. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Girl boss. So thank you, Megana. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Olivia, for joining us on the Viterbi podcast today. It was amazing to hear what you had to say about Baxter, about engineering and just your process and working together and creating a unique robot that can work with soft materials such as fabric and tie dyeing. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. This has been a cool opportunity to showcase our work and also shout out to Cam, um, Center for Advanced Manufacturing. This wouldn't be possible without them or Viterbi. Great. Bye-bye, everyone. Awesome. And we're back. Um, thank you so much for that. That was super interesting. I was wondering, what do you think, like, after interviewing them is, like, the benefit of doing, like, a group project like this? I would say that the benefit would be just having other people to rely on. So um, like I stated earlier, Megan, Meg, Megana and Danielle, they're seniors. And so Danielle and Olivia had internships. So Megana was kind of the person that did all of the background coding as well as was just mm -hmm. able to hold the group together while the other two were, were working, like they were working full time over the summer as well as contributing to this project. So it kind of just taught them the power of teamwork, communication, as well as just like working remotely as well as um, in-person synchronously. Yeah, it's cool that they were able to do such a big project like this and work asynchronously with one another because that's like the hardest part about communication is number one, doing it in a group. And then if you have to move it to an online platform, that just adds like more wrinkles into it. So it's really cool to see them do that. I agree. Um, do you have any cool plans for this week? Not much. I'm just going to go to my first tennis class, which I'm excited for. Nice. Um, I know. I'm trying to use my last semester as a senior to just like do, do learn more things, do more sports. And that's kind of my goal for the rest of the week. Awesome. Yeah, me too. I'm taking sailing. So all that's props cool. to learning new things. Okay, awesome. Well, without further ado, I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much again, Elena. Thank you. Thank you.